Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Sports today, Craig Bish, along with Joe Ranieri here on the show, both Craig and Joe in South Florida, but of course, keeping our social distancing to a little bit more than six feet. I would say, Joe, probably about uh, 11 to 12 miles, I think, is our social distancing. You in the south, me in the north, and uh, and hope life is going okay for you, Joe. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, the good news is uh, it might actually be a little shorter because there's zero traffic out on the road right now True. in uh, Broward and uh, Miami-Dade County. So, uh, yes, uh, we are all uh, trying to do our very best to uh, weather storm and kick this coronavirus's ass, if I don't mind saying so myself. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very touch and go, especially for people who have families. Uh, and so want to remind everyone out there, as we do content for you, what you can do for us is make sure you keep your social distancing, make sure you stay at home as much as possible. Of course, I would encourage you, like I am with my family every single day, getting out, just doing something for 30, 40, even 60 minutes every single day just to keep your sanity, keep your athleticism, uh, for sure, uh, wash your hands, make sure you're doing all those safe things. That's the number one important thing above all sports, of course, here at SportsGrid. As a reminder, over on SportsGrid.com, you can catch all of our content, all of our videos, as well as YouTube. And then most importantly, on Zumo TV, Pluto TV, and Stir. And I know that those things are foreign to some of you, but in this day and age, with really having nothing to do except for staying at home, go to your App Store or your Google Play Store, download those various apps, Zumo TV, Pluto TV, Stir. You can watch all of our shows when we post them and they are being broadcast live. Of course, a lot of the work that we're doing right now is being pre-recorded. That doesn't matter. It's still fresh content. It's fresh for you. It's fresh for us. And we're covering all of the top uh, topics in sports, no doubt about that. All right, Joe, so let's uh, kind of start off. And of course, this is a fantasy show. Welcome to it. A lot of the discussions that we do, of course, are circled around baseball right now uh, and also circled around fantasy baseball right now. And albeit the case, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, I think that we'll have something a little bit more definitive as to a timeline for baseball, which we'll get into. But for now, I wanted to start off with at least the biggest story in baseball right now, which is the Mets' loss of Noah Syndergaard. I've had a lot of questions about this, Joe, and certainly I think it's a good time to weigh in on it. Uh, it appears as though Syndergaard's injury happened in spring training. Now, the fact that we've had almost no news cycle over the last week or two you know, kind of makes a lot of sense here because if he had the injury previously, there was really no need, need for the Mets to report anything. Mm -hmm. In the interim, he got a second opinion. And that second opinion did reveal that he would need Tommy John surgery. He's expected to have the surgery very soon. Maybe as we're talking right now, he's having the surgery. Certainly possible. But he is going to miss a minimum of what I would guess would be a year. And we know, Joe, how this works in baseball. When you have Tommy John surgery, usually the result is you can come back and you can come back strong. But it's going to be a minimum of a 12-month injury, probably a 14-month. And then, of course, they have these pitch limits and pitch counts for every single one of these guys in baseball. If you went yesterday to our sports grid on Twitter, you saw me post, and I'll start with this, Joe. You follow baseball very closely. Who would have thought two years ago, right? Jacob deGrom was coming into his own as a pitcher, becoming a Cy Young pitcher. But after that, it was that Mets rotation that they were building. Yep. It was Zach Wheeler. It was Matt Harvey. It was Noah Syndergaard. And even to some degree, it was Steven Matz. Who would have thought two years later, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Harvey, all not throwing a pitch for the Mets in 2020. It would have been unthinkable to say a couple of years ago. Yeah, and Mats is the only guy who can win at home. Um, it's interesting, too, Craig. I, I find it fascinating, the timing of all of this. You know, you, you've been around baseball a long time. I know a lot of baseball players. Very rarely does an injury like this come out of left field. Um, there is usually something that the pitcher, the athlete, feels is going on. But we heard nothing. Uh, and we heard nothing to begin with in training camp. But we do know this, right? He's got one year left on his arbitration deal here, set to make just under $10 million, I think. And you've got to wonder, you know, because of the coronavirus and because of the pause right now, how much of this was, you know, Syndergaard's people going, shut it down. You're getting your money next year anyway. And how much of it was the Mets going, all right, let's be cautious here. Because outside of this year, the Mets are going to have to pay to play with Syndergaard. We already know how they feel about the Grom. They gave him the money. Syndergaard was going to play for less than $10 million this year. I'm wondering 
which side kind of forced the issue here more than the other? Yeah, a lot of times, Joe, this is the player side. A lot of times it is the player and the representative always trying to do their best for the player. Uh, you know, and different teams handle things differently. A good example of that is the Los Angeles Angels. It always seems like the Angels are trying to avoid that surgery and always giving injections and and trying to have their guys play through it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We've seen uh, situations of success with that uh, every year. It seems like Tanaka is set for some Tommy John surgery and then he never ends up having it. He's always pitching with the tear and the UCL or whatever that is. Yep. In this situation, Joe, it almost translates to fantasy a little bit, and I'll explain to you why. There's always that infatuation mm. with Thor. There's always that infatuation with the player. And so in a hypothetical situation, and certainly we could talk about, and I want to talk about 2020, but if we could fast forward, assuming that there is somewhat of a season this year, and then again in 2021, you know what I think, Joe? Even with Syndergaard making 10 or 12 starts in 2021, I'd put that number about 12 starts, right? Seems about right, 100 right. innings. They're not going to have this guy through 200 innings in two years. It's not possible. He's going to be a very coveted free agent. <laughs> and whether it's the Mets or anyone else, the lack of pitching in the big leagues, based on what we saw with the juice ball last year, yep. someone is going to end up paying this guy three years, 50 million, four years, 60 million. Now, he'll have to perform in those starts that he has next year. But if he does... Teams will throw caution out the window. A perfect example of that, a guy who came off Tommy John surgery. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's on his own team from the Philadelphia Phillies. Exactly. It's fascinating to me, too. I guess, you know, it's a lot of baseball players and a lot of fans and a lot of fantasy players and betters alike are going, wait, wait a minute, why is everyone all of a sudden going under the knife now? I mean, you're Syndergaard, Sale, you got all of these guys having these uh, having these surgeries now. And Craig, a lot of people are asking, do they know something we don't know? Um, is it, you know, I mean, are you risking? Suppose they come back and play in May. Uh, how long, how much time are they going to miss? I think it's fascinating too. A lot of these prolonged injuries or in nagging injuries, a lot of guys are just going, you know what? Now's the time. If we're going to do this, now's the time to do it. Yeah, and, and, and look, for the Mets, and, and now to you know talk a little bit more about their situation, I think as a Mets fan, you're not really that surprised. I mean, yeah. the Mets have just been enduring all kinds of issues and injuries throughout the year, uh, throughout the years. Uh, the good news for them is that they did kind of protect themselves a little bit mm -hmm. by signing Rick Porcello and Michael Waka. So both of those guys were thought maybe one guy is the odd man out in the rotation. When spring training kicks in again, and make no mistake about it, there's going to be another spring training here in 2020. If there is a season, there will be a spring training, probably a three-week deal. Uh, I think that they will be the back end of the rotation. Of course, you have Marcus Stroman. You still have Jacob deGrom. Mm -hmm. um, what does this do for the Mets overall? It takes a position of strength that they had, I think, within the division. I don't think necessarily, Joe, it, it puts them in a position of weakness but for sure, if you're looking at, if you if you were looking, let's say hypothetically, at a 162 win total and the Mets was around 83, 84, somewhere along those lines, Syndergaard essentially is like a three or four win type pitcher. Mm -hmm. um, Porcello will have to step up. Mats will have to step up. Stroman wasn't as good in a Mets uniform as he was in a Blue Jays uniform. But I don't think that this changes the equation all that much because historically speaking, last year was the first year that Syndergaard did put together a fully healthy season or more or less fully healthy season over the course of 162. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that great. Yep. So I, I don't I don't think the Mets lose all that much. I think from an organizational standpoint, they do. Because as you mentioned, who knows? Maybe he leaves for free agency the following year. And I think that's more of a 2021 deal. I think the Mets are still sitting right around 500 with or without Syndergaard. And, you know, talking to a lot of Met fans, uh, too, Craig, it's interesting the conversation is with, oh, my, how much longer can DeGrom do what he's doing? And, you know, a lot of people are like, it's just, oh, it's awful luck. I'm like, well, has there anybody been better without the run support than, than James DeGrom? This yeah. is, you know, this wasn't, to me, and we always look at this certainly from a betting perspective, is that, Things tend to always work themselves back in the middle. If you got all of these teams that win one-run games the year prior, right, in baseball, That's it. Yep. those games tend to work their way back to the We watched the Red Sox uh, the year after their World Series. Every game they won was by one run. They won all of those close games. And DeGrom, to me, is the same thing. I don't 
I don't see any regression coming for DeGrom, at least in the near future. Certainly not this year, whether it's 60 games, 80 games. I think it only helps prolong the career of a guy like DeGrom. I think this is a show-me year for Stroman, though. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get. I mean, which Rick Porcello are we going to get? Anybody have any idea? Please let me know. Uh, if, if the Mets give Porcello the run support, the Red Sox got him, he'll win 24 games and might win the Cy Young Award. But I don't know what you're going to get. But I do believe you're going to expect what you expect from DeGrom. I don't see, I think, a little better luck. I think the numbers will get a little better in the W column. But I think Stroman's the key to this uh, staff here. I think he's got to deliver. You're the New York guy. You got the attitude. You didn't show it last year. Tough situation. I think he needs to step up and be that true number two for this staff. Yeah, and, and, and look, they don't have it now. I mean, you take Wheeler and Syndergaard away. I mean, yep. that's that's for sure. They don't have it. And, and there was some discussion, at least coming out of uh, spring training, that what the Mets may do is just piggyback Porcello uh, and Waka or Mats and Waka and kind of use them like they do the opener in some other situations. And that's just not really something that they can afford to do right now. So they'll have to go through that. And then the other part in terms of regression, and this is a positive if you're looking at it from a Mets fan too. And look, you don't know who Edwin Diaz is after last year. I get that. He didn't show up in a lot of big moments. But the odds of this guy blowing all of those saves again and the Mets blowing all of those saves again, bullpens usually also move back toward the mean. And so I would guess that the Mets bullpen is a lot better this year. They also add, they added Dylan Betances. So uh, while for sure the 24-hour news cycle that we have, Joe, and talking about this situation, it's clearly a negative. It's clearly bad news for the Mets. But at the same time, I think that they'll survive from this and they'll be okay. I think that what you have to do is ask yourself, uh, you know, it, it, where, they, where they had a strength as far as the starting pitching, no longer having that strength, do they still have the chance to overcome the Nationals? Do they still have the chance to overcome the Atlanta Braves or even the Philadelphia Phillies? That's where I probably would have some questions at this point. They were so, it was such an up and down last year. The good news is they have such, they got great youth uh, coming up. And I, and I ask you, because you know, the question was, does, does Pete Alonso hit 50 dingers again? And my question is, what ball are we using this year, Greg? And, yeah, we and, don't know. And we laugh and, and I'm saying, ha, 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 but guys, 2018 was not last year. So I, you know, that kind of question mark to me with the Mets, the Mets are not with Conforto and with, they are not going to have a problem scoring runs, right? They, at least on paper, they should not have a problem scoring runs, giving the run support, even to somebody like DeGrom that's gotten zero, it feels like, ever from them. Um, but I love the addition of Waka this season. I really did. A guy had uh, a lot of great years, a go-to guy, reliable guy, crafty guy with the Cardinals there. Um, you know, those guys, they come back in a bounce-back year. I think he signed a one-year, $3 million deal. There's, I love guys that are playing for extended contracts and more money. I think Waka could end up winning some games and being that utility piece for this uh, starting rotation. Uh, or even a guy that has shown he can come out of the pen, he can spot start. You know, I think every team has to have that kind of guy on the roster in the rotation. I think he can be big for them this year. Yeah, and, and, and also when you look at just teams and you look at rotations, how many, I mean, the Mets had six. Now they have five, essentially. Five proven starters at some point in the big leagues. How many teams can you say that about? <laughs> like, I could, th I could throw 10 teams out and say, okay, Joe, give me the teams number three, number four, number five. Now, look, you, you're, you know, you're in on wagering every day, so you know these guys. Yeah. But the average fan... If I said, like, give me the three, four, and five for the Mariners, you'd go, uh. But if you did it for the Mets, you may know the guys. Right. You know, you've heard of the players. You've yep. heard of the pitchers. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to have awareness. It's another thing to have success. But these were proven veterans and proven guys for sure. So, uh, you know, we'll see where the Mets are. And hopefully, um, you know, they can, you know, when, when and if the season begins – it's not too much of a of a problem for them. Yeah, and I know people are questioning too. Well, what is Batanz? Batanz is going to listen. He's a guy that can be a number. He can be a closer, right? I mean, he is a guy that we all know has the stuff. We don't really know. You know, we haven't seen him throw a whole heck of a lot, obviously, since the uh, since the surgery and sitting the time out. We know the Yankees decided to move on from him, didn't want to pay him, but right. I don't think that's a reflection of ability here. About two and a half minutes. I don't know that that's a reflection of ability as it is obviously price. Uh, but let's say he's 90% of what he once was, which was a guy that when he was on, he was great. Uh, when he wasn't, he was walking bases loaded. Right. But 
he is a guy that that gives them some flexibility. Set up, man, you know, give me a guy to go five or six and then be able to bring in Batances and Diaz at the back end. Now, you do realize, certainly even from a fantasy point, what that means. Absolutely. Yeah, and look, Batances didn't pitch last year, so that's going to be somewhat of a question, but the ability is there for sure. Uh, they do have guys that can stretch, meaning go, you know, from the sixth, the seventh inning. Seth Lugo made spot starts previously, too, and had a pretty good uh, track record of success with the Mets as well. So, I, you know, again, my fantasy takeaway is this. At this stage, it just looks like pitching is a disaster. I, I, I can't recommend doing drafts right now. As, you know, you and I texted before, I'm like, man, like, I mean, don't take any pitchers. I mean, that's just basically my, my theory right now. But right. look, that's... That's, that's, it's not a great argument to even say that. I think that in the coming days, as we get more information about it, it'll be possible to, to start drafting again. I can tell you that the teams that I've drafted thus far, knock on the, the wood or knock on whatever, thus far nothing's really affected me seriously since, since these drafts have happened, but I think I'll be okay, uh, at least for the time being. Yeah. All right. Uh, let, I'm excited let get... for it. I really am. And I got to tell yeah. you, your help the other night with... You know, I I didn't take any pitchers. Eventually, good. Dave Rigetti was still on the board, oh, so I good. took got, him. So that's that's how long I waited to take a picture. Thanks to you. You got a starter and a closer out of Dave Rigetti. Good good work by you. SPRP. <laughs> All right, uh, let's set you up for the rest of the show here on Fantasy Sports today. Coming up next, uh, we're going to have an exclusive interview that I did uh, with former big league pitcher Dan Straley, who is now in Korea pitching in the KBO and going through this whole uh, coronavirus, uh, you know, national scare at this point is more than a scare I mean, the reality of what we're living in and how he's had to experience that uh and also what his plan is um pitching in the kbo will he be back in the major leagues there's a chance that he's going to be gone from his family for almost a year because of this situation so uh scary stuff a really candid interview it will be an audio only interview again because he's in korea and uh and we're in the states but we'll play that back for you next uh and then later on in the show uh i'm going to give you the latest as to what i know as far as the situation that's going on in Major League Baseball, and then Joe and I will touch on some of the latest news in the NFL. There's been you know, one semi-significant signing that could affect fantasy football, so because of the fantasy aspect of this show, we'll dive into that as well. Uh, we're here on SportsGrid, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for you. Make sure, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe to the show, FST, Fantasy Sports Today. Every single day, you'll get the notification on your phone. You can just hit play. Let us know here on the show what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. We are here for you in these trying times for sure. More fantasy sports today on SportsGrid coming up next with Joe Ranieri and Craig Mish, our exclusive interview with Dan. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. from Busan, South Korea. Of course, he pitched for the Miami Marlins in 2017-2018. Dan Estrelli joins us here on the show. Good to have you back again under definitely a different and strange circumstances, to say the least. But thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Let's kind of circle back here, uh, Dan, if you don't mind. Um, on you know, And we'll get into everything that's going on in the world and, and of course, uh, the pandemic that's going on and how it affected you. And I uh, saw the, the written interview that you did with The Athletic as well. Uh, but I wanted to start off with first the decision that you made to uh, leave the States and decide to join the KBO. Uh, personally, uh, as you and I have talked about and I've mentioned many times, um, I mean, you were an anchor in the Marlins rotation. You made 33 starts in 17. I know that you had some hiccups in 2018. Um, and then, of course, in, in my opinion, and you know, I've discussed this on here on this podcast. In fact, we discussed this on the last podcast. Uh, it was a very unfortunate and raw deal that you were given to have to be uh, let go right before the season started. And that kind of derailed your 2019 with the Orioles. But inevitably, let's let the past be the past and talk about the future. Uh, how did this happen? How did this come up, uh, come about? And when did you make that decision to say, hey, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, not play uh, MLB. I'm going to play overseas. Yeah, no, the past is the past. and But the past also helps shape your future, correct? And Absolutely. for me, the it was a big shock when I got released by the Marlins. It was not something I expected. It was not something, uh, you know, frankly, anyone in the clubhouse, I think, expected. I was, you know, it just it was, thought I was walking into office to find out what game I was starting for the season. Um, and then, you know, I just 
just hearing you're being like, oh, it really kind of turned my world upside down in a moment, like in an absolute instant. Um, you know, I poured everything I had into the organization. I poured everything I had into the people around me. And then just to just be kicked to the curb um, at a, you know, <laughs> at a time when I came off waivers three hours before teams had to set their 25-man rosters. It just was not an ideal time um, for that to happen, period. And, um, you know, I, I honestly was shocked that that's even allowed, um, to be quite honest, that they're, they're, you're allowed to do that that close to the, the, the roster deadline. And so I went home in Italy for two weeks and didn't face a hitter. And then got right into a situation where I'm facing the Yankees and then the Athletics and then the Red Sox, back to back to back. And I just, I just wasn't ready. And I was never able to crawl out of that hole of, uh, of, of ill-preparedness. You know, you can go home and train all you want, but you cannot replace uh, facing hitters in a major league setting. Even if it is spring training, you can't, you can't replace that, especially at home. And, and, and so uh, it just kind of derailed my, the start of my season, and I wasn't quite able to recover from that. And it wasn't until I, I never really got DFA'd by the Orioles that I was able to kind of gather myself and go pitch like I'm capable of and get myself back on track. And I did that. And albeit it was in AAA, I did that. And I was fortunate enough that I was able to get myself traded to the Phillies. And then um, when I didn't get called up there, basically was told that, you know, that there was no, no real reason to call us up, to call me up because there was, you know, they, they had five guys. They were going to roll with their five guys, even though I was pitching pretty well at the time and uh so when the offseason rolled around it wasn't like I had you know a bunch of people knocking on my door saying hey come pitch for us um you know I just did not put up the numbers the year before and that's how it works you have to pitch well to get the job next year and when it kind of came down to decision time I was kind of forced do I go accept a minor league job and fight for a job in the big leagues or do I go take a, a guaranteed deal and kind of get myself kind of finished that getting myself back on track, if you will, and see what happens in the future. And just given the politics that I dealt with the year before, um, you know, essentially it just, it just, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to deal with it. And it's not that I didn't believe in myself. It's that I just, I just didn't want to deal with it at the time. And I really thought that, you know, the, the stuff that was going on over here in Korea, um, looking at some of the, the maps that some of the other guys have put together, the roadmaps uh, for success over here, I felt that I can come over here and have a lot of success and, and see what happens, you know, whether that means to, you know, years over here, if that means going back to the States next year, you know, time will tell that, but uh, it just really felt like for, at the time, it was like, you know, you don't get a ton of time to make these decisions. And my agent did a great job of keeping me prepared um, to make the decision to have to come overseas. And, and so when the, when the offers started coming in, um, you know, it was, it was a, it was a pretty clear cut decision. We waited until winter meetings were over to uh, essentially hear any offers from over here. And as soon as winter meetings were over, I signed over here. Uh, Danny, how much, how much self doubt did you have before signing, uh, before making that decision in the KBO uh, after pitching at a, you know, at what I would consider between Cincinnati and Miami, a, a very quality starter. If not, I mean, you led the league and game started in 2017. I mean, people don't realize that. Um, but how much self-doubt did you have after that year with Baltimore and Philadelphia to say, my gosh, I'm sitting in a spot here. I haven't got my 10 years uh, in the big leagues yet. Did you think that's it? Like, maybe this is it? Like, this short-term deal? Like, I know you thought – I mean, we've talked. I know that you thought you'd pitch in the big leagues 15 years. Um, did you have yeah, self-doubt that that was it? I really didn't. And what – ironically enough, me coming here was the, almost the exact opposite of that, where um, – a lot of guys I talked to about that had chances to come over here that said no. Um, essentially, they said no because they thought that they were signing like their death warrant on their major league career. And I didn't feel like I was that way. I felt like um, the things that I was getting better at, the things that I, I've, I've been the same pitcher for, for, for year after year, and the things that I was like lacking in my game at the beginning of last year, like showed up at the end of last year, the the fastball command, the slider was there, the changeup command was there, like all that stuff was there. The stuff that I need to be successful, and like 
but you can't like say that to GMs and, and get a job that way. Like that doesn't work. Like you have to show up and you have to prove it over and over and over and over again. And I just didn't really see that, that fit where I just really wanted to go fight for the chance to, to maybe make a roster somewhere for less money in the States than I'm going to make in Korea. Yeah. And, and that's guaranteed money, you know, I mean, and that's, that's money that potentially sets you up for the rest of your life. I know you've made good money over the course of your major league baseball career. And, um, you know, some of that also was taken away from you also uh, at the start of the 2019 season, as you alluded to, perhaps we'll go back to that as well. Um, so you signed to play in the KBO. And then a couple months after that, you were getting ready. I know, you know, you and a couple of teammates from the U S are getting ready to go over there. And then you and your whole family, have your world rocked like our world is rocked having the coronavirus pandemic and so what happens there Dan I mean are you thinking to yourself what am I doing here did I make the wrong decision how am I going to handle this and, and quite frankly how did the KBO handle it how did your family handle it it's very open-ended for me to kind of answer this one because it had to be scary for you I mean uh, Dan I'm sitting in my house in Florida I mean you could be sitting in your house in Oregon instead you're fighting not only for your team but your financial freedom in your family as well yeah it's kind of crazy how things work out sometimes where when I left when I left Oregon there was you know it was kind of the you know it was like oh there's there's a bunch of stuff going on in China and it wasn't even in South Korea yet it was kind of just like kind of just really starting to snowball um when I left for Australia as soon as I got to Australia for spring training um because there's a lot of people probably don't know that are listening would probably like the KBO. You don't like, there's no like one spot. Some people go like some people are in Florida, somewhere in Arizona, somewhere in Japan, somewhere in Australia. And then like usually in a couple of weeks they switch locations and it's just kind of like a, a different way to do spring training. Um, but so we were in Australia and as soon as we got there, it was like all of a sudden, like there was cases in Australia and like we're reading it, seeing the news where like they're sending the, the Australian citizens that are coming back from China to like one of their military bases on one of the islands and, and they're just, they're, they're handling it their own way. And then all of a sudden everything kind of went crazy here in Korea. And so we were supposed to be in, in Australia for five weeks, turned into seven weeks um, after we kept getting delayed and delayed. And while we were there, you know, I'm with, there's like 50 guys in our travel party and, and 42 of them are from Korea. And so their families are all here. They're, they were going through kind of what I'm going through now with my family in America, you know, being sitting at home and, you know, my son hasn't left the house in two weeks and my wife is in medical care. So she's working. And so they're kind of like, you know, you're just kind of in this like weird place where it's like, I'm not there to help. And but I saw my teammates go through it and I saw how kind of how they handled it essentially. And so I was able to just kind of, you know, hear from them and talk to them about some different things with a translator, obviously, but like the, the way that you handle it, I think, is you just like show up to work every day. I haven't, I've been fortunate enough that I haven't been in a place where everything's on lockdown yet. You know, I kind of like was in Australia and we were in a spot that was very safe. It was like a, an Australian tourist destination, not like a foreigner's tourist destination. So like we didn't have any cases in the town I was in. And then when I came to here to South Korea, like, was it two weeks ago, a week and a half ago? Like everything here is kind of like five weeks ahead of like the States. And so it's calmed down a little bit, a lot of bit. And they've, they've really stopped the spread. Um, there's still more cases showing up, but they're stopping the spread. And so, you know, it is, it's, uh, it's, it's unknown. Unknown is scary. And uh, that's for all humans in any walk of life. Like anything that's unknown is, is a little scary. Um, but like, if everyone kind of does their part and everyone kind of just, you know, keeps, the, keeps themselves clean and keeps themselves inside and, and takes care of themselves that way. You know, it's a great time to be selfish. It's a great time to, to sit at home and, and just take care of yourself because, you know, it's, it's not much doing much good to go out into, the, out into the world right now. Has this been the biggest family challenge of your life too? Not just going to Korea, because that happens. I mean, players go and they play overseas. They change their lives. Sometimes the families come with them. Sometimes they don't. But you mentioned that unknown factor. Like, that's the one thing that I can't put myself in your shoes for a minute here, aside from the baseball, is being so far away from the family and doing your, as you mentioned, your Skype calls and your, uh, and your, and just your phone calls with your family, you know, you know, hoping that everything's going to be okay in the place that you live and not really knowing like that, that to me is the, the thing that just punches me. You know, I don't know how I can handle that. When I left Oregon, uh, going off to, to Australia for spring training, one of the last conversations me and my wife had was this could be goodbye for nine months. 
at the time, it was kind of like the virus was kind of starting to pick up. We didn't know where it was going. We didn't know. No one knew. No one knew. No one, no one pulled out the crystal ball and said, oh, it's going to be here. It's going to be there. No, like at this time, it was just kind of in China. And I was like, man, I'm going really close to China. So we just said, you know, like we can't put our son close to it. We can't because, you know, and if it comes to your town, your neighborhood, like that's different. Like, but you actually like taking your family into the infected spot. That's, that's something you choose to do. Not, you don't, you don't choose for it to come to your neighborhood. Does that make sense? And so we decided that, you know, if things calm down, my family is going to come, you know, we have, you know, I have a three bedroom condo here and it's not for myself. It's for my family. And if things calm down, they get to come. If they don't calm down, then I'll see them when the season's over. And yes, it's a challenge. It's not, it's always been a challenge. My wife has been with, uh, you know, she's been along the journey since, since I was drafted, she's been there. And, you know, when I was coming up to the minor leagues, um, we'd usually try to plan a trip for her to come out around the all-star break because minor league all-star breaks only three days made more sense for her to come out like a couple of days before spend the all-star break and a couple of days after. And, you know, I'd see her in that short window and then I'd see her six weeks later when the season ended. And, um, so, you know, we've, we've been in that situation before, but you know, this is obviously a little more extreme. Um, you know, now we've been married for going on eight years. We have a kid, like, it's just, it's, it's a different life, but, um, yeah, like, you know, the real, the real, the real winner here, the real champion here is her. She's the one that's taking care of our kid and working from home and, and, and doing all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm just, I'm just out playing baseball. Yeah. And, um, I, I think that I can, I can rest easy knowing that, that it's not in my hands, like me panicking about it and me worrying about it, um, isn't going to help anything. And I think that baseball has taught me that, that life lesson along the way where, you know, you, you can't stress and worry about things that are out of your control. And this is definitely one of those things out of my control. So, you know, I take the baseball lessons in life and, and pass them forward where it's, okay, what can I control? Okay, I can control my hygiene I can control wearing over here everyone wears a mask everywhere you go like you're not allowed into like Starbucks you're not allowed into the bank if you don't wear a mask um and so it's like you know what can I I, I can control those things like I can't control other people but I can control those things and so that's just kind of like where we're at we're like I can't control if it goes away and my wife gets come over or not so there's really no use me like worrying about it or stressing about it or wishing it was different like we just have to deal with what's in front of us and deal with day by day and, and how am I going to get through today and you pile that up enough and before you know it I'll get to see my family again yeah wow um you know really crazy stuff Dan Straley's going through right now uh a lot of people you know ask me when I talk about Dan uh you know how old's Dan 35 36 Dan Straley's 31 years old guys like I mean going through this at this stage of his career um you know a lot of players much later on in their career try to reinvent themselves they go other places but uh, Dan taking this leap and playing in the KBO uh, here in 2020. So early on, so so far, I believe you've had um, exhibitions that are going on right now. And you mentioned something that, and look, we, we can't predict what's going to happen here in the States, but I think that everybody, Danny, is wondering right now, wow, is that going to be the scenario in the U.S.? Are, are we uh, going to be going to baseball games this summer? I mean, maybe we won't, but if we go to baseball games this summer, are we going to all be wearing masks into games? Will fans be allowed into games in these exhibitions I'm seeing it doesn't look like there's any fans that I'm watching on your streams uh at night it looks like it's just uh simply you and their players by the way wearing masks during the game do you think that that's in our future here in the states as well I, I know that's a hard question for you to answer because you know certainly you can't predict what MLB and, and the players union is going to do but I mean is there anything you're hearing as far as that or do you think that that's re a realistic thing um so I, I don't I don't reach out to the guys or talk to the guys for for the time being um, but I can tell you about here and here is all about player safety. So, um, it was, it was in the news here yesterday, obviously, again, I couldn't read it or hear it, but, um, I know it was in the news that, uh, we had, a uh, our practice was canceled on Monday. I was supposed to pitch on Monday and our practice got canceled because one of our players wasn't feeling well. And so as soon as that happens, no one was allowed at the field. Um, that player went and got tested. Turns out he's fine. Um, but that, being that, that kind of precaution where it was, we're not going to put anybody in danger. And that's why everyone's wearing a mask. The day before, there was nobody wearing a mask on the field. But after that happened, we were informed that at the field, wear your mask as much as possible. Um, for us to walk into the baseball field, we, there's only one entrance open to the whole field. And there's three people standing there. One's taking your temperature. One's like making sure you're allowed on the field. And the other one is giving you hand sanitizer. 
And so like they're, every time you come in the field, like they're checking and it's just kind of like where we're at right now with our team. Um, you know, like I think that had we been here three weeks ago, we wouldn't even be allowed to practice here. You know, we wouldn't be allowed to congregate that in that big of a group. But. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, that interview uh, with Dan Straley. Very heartfelt interview. To think, Joe, I mean, of all the things that we're having to endure, and certainly, I mean, other people are going through different situations, and I know that uh, our country in the United States is really hurting, especially in New York and in California and, and here in Florida. We're having to be extremely careful as well. Uh, but the one thing that you can't ever quantify, whether it is work or whether it is life, and I know, Joe, you have family in Florida as well, and, you know, quarantining and being away for them for a month or two months or even three is no big deal. But just not knowing when you're going to see them in person again is indeed a scary thought. And I appreciated him sharing those thoughts with, with us. Yeah, it's I, and hats off. I mean, you know, these are guys that are fulfilling, you know, dreams. Let's talk about it. I mean, you know, being able to be a part of the game, play the game, coach the game, you know, just being in and around the game anywhere in the world, having the opportunity to do that, it, you know, coupled with, the just unprecedented situation we're in, it's, it's tough, man. It, it really, really is tough. You balance that, you know, oh my, oh my word, the reality of the situation versus, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm grinding away. I'm, I'm, I'm here. It's, I'm fulfilling a dream, but it's, it's tough, man. And, uh, and heart goes out to him. I feel for him big time. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, Joe, on, on, you know, you played ball as you know, growing up, um, you know, it, we kind of, I guess, can put ourselves in these situations. And, I mean, we could honestly put our situations uh, in terms of work, too. Like, for example, if there was a sports grid going on, uh, you know, somewhere in Korea, we were told, okay, go take a chance. You know you have a job. Uh, you right. know that there's going to be sports. Yep. But, but the risks are there for you to catch a virus. The risks are there for you to not see your family. Boy, I mean, I don't know that these guys in baseball made the wrong decision trying to elongate their careers there. I think they made the right move. It seems as though, unless something changes, that there's a at least a pseudo-guarantee of the KBO playing out their season. Yep. If you're a player, and there are not a lot in baseball right now, but there right. are some names that we've heard of before. If you're a player out there, and you were unsigned, you did not go to spring training— I mean, you guarantee yourself every single eyeball in America, in the U.S., for the next month on you when they start playing these games live on Saturday. You, you, you and I both know that, and, and I know there's probably a lot of agents and, and people also talking to their clients because you're right. I mean, what happens if, and I think that's a whole group of people, Craig, that, that sure. we talk about, that we realize right now that guys that were, for whatever reason, they didn't get the invite, they're holding, uh, you know, they're holding private work. They're doing anything they can to get that invite. They didn't get it. But you know what? We're in for three or four more weeks of this. We don't know when it's going to happen. We know you're not just going to dump them onto a field, guys, and say play the season. No way. There's yeah. going to be another three or four-week season, which gives a whole lot of those guys right on the fringe, right, guys that were there, maybe for whatever reason didn't have. I know them. You know them. They're working their tails off right now trying to take advantage of this opportunity. As strange as it is, as hard as it is to, to imagine that, there are a lot of guys right now, whether going overseas to play or just continuing to work as hard as they can right now to get that invite once it starts coming back. Yeah, and, and look, it's, it's unfortunate for a lot of these guys who didn't take advantage of that opportunity and I'll be guilty of saying it now, Joe. I mean, I used to, you know, poke fun. Oh, he's gonna go play in Japan. He's gonna go play in Korea. Well, guess who the joke is on? The joke is on us. Right. I mean, those guys are gonna make millions yep. and play in what seems to be, at least in Korea's uh, point of view, a safer environment at this point. You have a lot of the players actually wearing masks. They're very, uh, you know, as Dan said in the interview, one of the players didn't feel well. They canceled their entire practice. Yep. I mean, they're they're taking it extremely serious and. Extremely careful. Um, okay, those so those guys are gods. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they they love their baseball, and I, I think we forget oh, yeah. this. We all talk about the NFL in this country, but listen, that baseball is in That's many all they aspects got. of religion, right? Is it not? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's it's almost the way. Look, in in sports here, a lot of people love the NBA. People love the NHL, and certainly football is above all of those. We understand that, both college and pro. But baseball is above our love for college and pro in Asia, Korea, uh, Japan, of course. Let's not you know, let's not forget about them. Taiwan. I mean, everywhere overseas, it's huge. Yep. So there's no question. Yep. Um, a lot of people are asking when the baseball season is going to start. How is the baseball season going to start? Uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish, or if you even go to our our Twitter account, Sports Grid. I uh, had some reporting over the last couple of days about that, so I can kind of just share my thoughts on it. And look, a lot of it is being made with some cynicism. I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong. I'm just here to tell you what I'm hearing and what I believe they would like to have happen. Um, so the first part of it, Joe, is that, as you mentioned, and understanding the game, they cannot just start the season. There's going to have to be another spring training. So uh, if there was, hypothetically, a spring training, it would be a uh, what I'm hearing a three-week deal where the first week very similar to how the other spring training works. You bring the pitchers in, right? And the pitchers start throwing, and especially your opening day pitcher is almost immediately announced, right, at the first week of spring training because you got to get that guy ready for the regular season. It could be an exhibition season in South Florida. We're fortunate to have the Washington Nationals, the Houston Astros, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Miami Marlins, and a little bit north of us, we have the Mets. Probably that's it. You know, those, those teams playing in eight to ten games at the most where they just kind of get a feel for pitching and all of that. It's going to be a rush season. There's, <laughs> look, there's just no question about it. Uh, part of some of, of the things that I mentioned, Joe, we could start off with this. The idea, forget about the amount of games that are going to be played, okay? Because they're going to try and get as, in as many as possible. Money is still the producer of all sports. So for people to say that it's preposterous that they're going to play 140 games, they're going to try and play as many as they can. There's money involved. So, look, the NFL just added a 17th game, and you're worried about baseball playing 140? I mean, really, come on. Like, they're going to try and make it happen. Yeah. But one of the ways that's on the table, at least to try and make it happen, Joe, is the idea that they would play uh, once a week, each team would play a doubleheader. Right. Uh, and so that's, you know, some people, at least on social media, are up in arms about that. So what do you mean? Instead of playing... Six games a week, you're playing eight, or seven games a week, you're playing eight. Look, the Players Association also, Joe, they have to agree to this. Of if course. the Players Association agrees to it, then what is the big problem? I don't see it. I don't see the problem either. You know, and, and <laughs> it's funny, Craig, there's an entire generation of baseball fans right now that don't realize um, it was never, you know, it used to be not 162 games a year. There were some of the greatest players that ever played playing in an era where it was 140 some odd games. Oh yeah, a war broke out. There, there are a whole lot of instances in the history of baseball where they have made it work and they'll continue to make it work, especially given we're talking about a $9 billion industry here, guys. Uh, and wait until, and I think it's funny, I don't think people realize the amount of content baseball provides cable companies around this country. You can afford to pay guys $200, $300 million because the content baseball provides with 162 games is phenomenal in this country all across. And, you know, L.A., New York, yeah, there's a th yeah, Miami. Yeah, the TV contracts. Oh, sure. my TV contracts is where the money is at. But they are going to do everything in their power to try and provide that and get as close as they can. I don't blame them. It's still, it's still a business at the end of the day. And can I tell you something? A couple of weeks ago, LeBron was talking about, I ain't planning in front of no fans. Really? Because right now, like three That's weeks That's on later, the table. Yeah. I would no problem. Go ahead, play the games. I'd have no problem if they played in December. I'd have no problem with any of it. But baseball has been through a lot over the 100-plus years of it. Um, and yes, they will figure out a way to be able to maximize the amount of games. And, and don't forget, they used to play doubleheaders a lot back with guys like yes, Mickey Mantle and Willie. Yeah. You know, a couple, they were fair. They were okay. Yeah, and they played both of those games, by the way. And, and, and look, 140 may be on the optimistic side, but what if it's 120? Like, you're still, you know, they'll still play their doubleheaders. The other part of this is that another option that's on the table, Joe, is to, and definitely on the table, is to play regular season games into October. So you're playing, you know, the, the two weeks that you didn't start up in May. They let, Let's say the season started up in June. You're playing two weeks or three weeks into October. And then, uh, for the first time in a very unique scenario, you could have a situation as I reported a couple of weeks ago, and again, it seems very likely again, is that if they did play the whole month out of October, 
that they would play the World Series at a neutral site, which, again, the Super Bowl is at a neutral site. It's not that unrealistic to think that they uh, could make that happen. Of course, if you're the Dodgers, do you love the idea? No. You're going to win 100 games. You probably have a chance to play the World Series. You wanted to host the World Series. You haven't won in a billion years. I get it. The Yankees, do they want that revenue? Sure. Uh, But that's another thing, Joe, that could be on the table right here in South Florida. Marlins Park could potentially be a location. There could be a couple of different locations in Arizona, whether it's Chase Field or maybe the football stadium in Glendale, depending on, uh, you know, where they're at in the football season. I mean, that could be a possibility as well. Maybe they go back and forth. And again, all of these things are speculative. They're still on the table. I just wouldn't rule out anything at this point because we simply don't know. And listen, depending on what happens with the virus right now, guys, you know, New York, California, two hotbeds. Um, maybe even if they start Major League Baseball, the Yankees, the Dodgers, some of those teams, the Mets might find themselves having to do just that, relocate, you know, maybe play some games outside of the area uh, in order to be able to get it going. There's still so much on the table here, but one thing is for sure, um, the players, and even if it's 120 games, like you said, uh, it's going to be interesting to me, and I don't care if they play into December here in Miami, People love urgency. So the idea that, oh, they don't want to go up against the NFL, everybody's in this together. The NFL, the NBA, baseball, we're going to have all of those games at the same time. We love urgency. So give me the World Series when NFL Week 6 is gone. I'm all right with that. Yeah, who cares? More sports, the better. Couldn't get enough. But how do you manage, and this is the other thing they've got to be working on, Craig, how are you managing pitching staff knowing that, well, you're only playing 120. Innings limits kind of go out the way. Like, oh, yeah. How, how does yeah. that work? They've got to be trying to crunch those numbers right now. Yeah, I, I think the other part of it is is that it seems inevitable that you'd have to have rosters that are bigger than 26 men. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because you're going to have to use more pitchers, especially if there are double headers. But, you know, again, I, I think that they'll sort all this stuff out. It's far secondary to everything that's going on in the country. But uh, as I'll say before, and I'll say it again, I mean, here on SportsGrid and what we do, what I do, what Joe does, I mean, we're, we're reporting on news. I mean, we, we're talking about sports. We're giving you a little bit of a release. So if you don't like the ideas that are being proposed or being talked about, of course, you're entitled to your opinion. That's what sports is. Have your opinion. But realistically, you got to understand something. Uh, football is a business. Basketball is a business. Baseball is a business. And in their business, just like the business that you work in, mm-hmm. they want to make money in their business, just like we all want to make money. We all yep. want money to come from the government so we can have some uh, money in these tough times. And so does baseball, yep. even though it's a lot more money than, than we'll ever make. Uh, baseball wants that, too. Um, OK, now over to the NFL. We did have uh, one signing that will affect fantasy in 2020. No question about that. Uh, Robbie Anderson, who seemed like predominantly in terms of skill set, we actually had two, Robbie Anderson and Brashad Perryman mm-hmm. ended up signing too. Right. But, but I think that Robbie Perryman came from a really good situation and now is, I don't think, headed to the best one. But Robbie Anderson is the one that I wanted to touch on with you, Joe, because he does go to the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's probably more or less in the same situation that he was last year with the Jets, with maybe some upside as well. Seems like a pretty good signing to me. The guy, honestly, has had some off-the-field issues, which is, which is probably the only thing that would stop him from playing or an injury in a 17-game season. Yep. But Carolina seems to be rebuilding things. Matt Rule with some familiarity, of course, uh, with him as well. What did you think about that signing? I think uh, from a fantasy perspective, I, I don't love it for Robbie Anderson's stock. Um, listen, with the Jets, comes in as an undrafted free agent, right, at a temple, pays his dues, becomes really one of the better one of the, you know, one of the top deep threats in the National Football League, guys. Consistency, the numbers bear out and prove it. He was a one of the better deep threats in the NFL. And it's to me, it's amazing how they, the, basically, they got the same guy in Perryman who's a little bit younger. That's yeah. are close to being the same, guys, but both deep threats. Um, I think Sam Darnold uh, will take that next step this year. I think it's a great signing for Darnold. I think it's good for Perryman. Obviously, it's the Jets, so there's going to come some flack with that. But as far as Robbie Anderson going, you're talking about, you know, you got Samuel, right? You got DJ Moore. They they were good for about 1,500 combined yards last year, those two guys. Now you bring in a guy that's going to take the top off the defense, and maybe that's it because, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't look at Teddy Bridgewater as a deep ball thrower, is no, somebody that not. I would say they're yeah. going to take shots with. 
He's much more underneath game manager. I think he loses catches. I think he loses fantasy. I don't love it for Robbie Anderson's fantasy value at all. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I'd like to say as we close out the discussion on the Panthers, uh, Joe, and, and, and look, when their win total is, I'm going to guess, a lot lower than what it was last year. I would guess that yeah. last year was probably about eight. Yep. I would Five say that they'll have – yeah. yeah, right, okay. So they they have one of the lowest in the NFL. There's a reason for that. It's obvious what they're doing. They signed Rule to a super long contract without having a inch of coaching – or NFL, I should say, head coaching experience. Yep. And the reason why is they're going through a rebuild – uh, it's a shame for Christian McCaffrey, but the reality is the best player on their defense is retired. Their best player on their offense in terms of quarterback is gone. The, these are just fill-in-the-blanks type pieces for me. I don't see them competing at all, Joe, in 2020. It's no indication as to whether or not I would like the over or the under in this one. But I think that the message is being sent very similarly to some other teams in the NFL. Maybe not as far down as the Dolphins. Look, the Dolphins tore it completely all the way down last year. But if I had to guess where the money is going, I think more people will probably be siding with the under than the over on, on Carolina. This yeah, week. I mean, listen, it's uh, – and I give – David Tepper is going to be, to me, an interesting case. Newest owner in the NFL, right? Yep. Um, interesting the way they handled the Cam situation by letting him go. Couldn't come up with a deal. I know Bears fans are screaming. Charger fans are like, what are you talking about? You could have traded. You didn't trade for Cam. Well, this isn't 2015 Cam, guys. This is a different Cam Newton who, quite honestly, I don't think is 100%. Will never be 100%. Sure. Um, you know, them releasing him a Cam, by all means. I don't think there's a job open for him. But, you know, I think they did the best job they could while hitting the reset button with one of the fan favorites, great in the community, adored in Carolina. But Absolutely. you're right. That's a that's a tough team to get behind because coaching matters. Coaching matters in the NFL. The NBA is a stars league. The NFL is a coaching league. I don't know what you're going to get from this. Yeah. We've seen the Chip Kellys of the world who they lit it up sure. in college. It sometimes don't translate, man. It's going to be an interesting case for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll leave you with this here uh, on Sports Grid today and, um, you know, fantasy sports today. Did we just become best friends? Yep. The best friends forever. New location. What up? Same BFS. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.